welcome to Burn Built Made, episode 5. Um, today I want to talk about catering to the least common denominator when it comes to viewers and consumers of maker content, uh, online content. So, uh, listening to podcasts mainly out there and uh, some vlogs, and there's a common theme among big makers in the community who are, they tend to make assumptions or cast aspersions um, about their audience's perception of their project videos um, with regards to the tools used in the videos. So the main idea here is that they sometimes avoid using expensive or difficult to obtain tools uh, so that they can accommodate their consumers who may not have access to those tools. I think we, uh, the consumers of those videos, um, or just I, I, you know, I'm speaking for myself here, but uh, we often understand that other tools could be used to complete a project. And maybe rather than limiting the methods used or the tools used in a maker project video, um, a tips video of a uh, similar outcome using different tools could be made for those common, those most common expensive or fancy machinery and tools that are out there, like a CNC machine, for example. Um, so I think this accommodation, this assumption, is probably unnecessary. I do not think that these big names should be, or anyone, should be afraid that they will exclude members of their, of their, uh, their audience. As a maker starting out, I know which tools I'm limited to, the ones that I have, and the ones that I have access to, and I have a basic working knowledge of, uh, of what I can't achieve with them. I don't know. Um, I know I can't program my bandsaw or my hand router to cut shapes out overnight, like uh, if I had access to a CNC machine. Um, if I did, I would use it, but um, I am still interested in projects that involve the CNC machine, even though I know that if I were going to try to replicate them, I would have a more manual ordeal ahead of me. But really, I'm not necessarily watching videos in order to use other makers' projects as exact inspiration, or even as project inspiration at all. Uh, rather, I'm watching them partly for tips and tricks that can be applied to the projects I'm interested in, or the projects that I need in my life. Uh, and uh, a great portion of why I'm watching these videos is um, it's for the unique character and perspective of the personality that's in front of the lens. Of course, there's the odd circumstance that I want to basically uh, replicate an item or an object, uh, like Jimmy built a, a workbench for a, a school, and I went ahead and basically copied that design. But in general, I'm watching videos from people for the personality that that is put into them, and the, the character, and the mindset, and these people's ingenuity and uh, the, the efficiencies that they uh, present. For example, I watch Brett McAfee at Skull and Spade 13 uh, for his crazy extreme passion tackling projects with you know, all his vigor and like a lust for problem solving and um, his rustic all black all the time style mixed with a pirate theme and talking skulls and some nerdy Joss Whedon fandom um, really paint a picture of a guy whose projects often include a deep 
personalization that, that you can't find elsewhere. Um, I watch Jessie Ueda at I Jess Up for her, her persistence and her follow through and her resourcefulness. Um, like, you know, the term leg clamps, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's her thing. That's one of her things. Um, her, I watch her for her relationship dynamic with her brother, Ben, and her whimsy and appreciation of, of uh, chipmunks. Like, hello to all the Garys of the world. You know, I, how many people, how many makers out there are hand-feeding wild chipmunks? Like, you know, I watch her for those things and for her, her not-so-subtle sarcasm. <laughs> uh, even not just videos, but like the Fits All podcast, I listen to that well, partly because I do appreciate well-built antique tools, um, but not because I'm trying to learn the perfect like place to buy them or how to restore them. I'm listening to the Fitzall podcast for Eric's vocal inflection and his vocabulary, which is just insanely fine. For Andrew Alexander's, you know, spontaneous singing, and for Jimmy's, you know, childlike excitement over getting his printing press working. Um, I watch Zach Detmore's, uh, at Detmore 101, his Instagram stories because of his industry humor, his homeschooling background, and, uh, his extreme organizational tendencies. Uh, I watch Kyle Stumpenhorst from RR Buildings Instagram stories for his appreciation of a beautiful morning sky out in, I don't know where he is, Virginia, um, for his comical mocking of his, well, not mocking, but, you know, the way he interacts with his team, um, and for his blunt, honest tool tests. Uh, you know, I follow DIY Huntress, I think her name is Sam, her feed, um, because of her upbeat positivity, and for her love of patterns, and her talent incorporating them into projects, and for her really well-designed, albeit spaciously constrained shop these are these are all examples of why maker videos are valuable for more than just the build process or for the tools and the machines used in them um, they are worthwhile because of the personalities and creativity and perspective that are packed into each one without that they could be um, basically like watching a lynda.com tutorial to like basically to learn the most direct efficient way to achieve a desired result but maker videos are so much more than the tools used in them and even more than the specific projects that they feature you know they're they're all that personality i'm ranting a little here but uh so the other side of this whole coin is the project and knowledge seeking audience the the masses out there who are people who want to make something specific and they're searching YouTube to learn how to do just that. These people are out there, and I am myself occasionally one of them, but following a specific project from start to finish is not my goal 95% of the time. More often, I am watching, I care about the person who took the time to make the video, I care about their perception and their approach to what they're doing, and along the way, I am happy to glean little tips and tricks that they are offering up. So as a maker starting out, I've got a couple videos up. I don't expect to build an audience straight away simply because people stumble onto the specific projects that I have compiled footage of and put on YouTube. I expect to gain an audience 
slowly as I find my niche in the maker community and as I continue to develop my own style and my approach to the things that interest me. I hope that you find the projects I choose to film interesting. I do, uh, but really I, I more so hope to connect with you, the video consumer, the maker, whatever you are, whoever you are, on deeper levels that include you know, mutual support in the industry or um, education and growth, uh, connections in the community, and there's certain aspects of myself. I, I pride myself on being resourceful and frugal and problem solving to find solutions with whatever's around me um, and for building things that are profoundly sturdy and will hold up for a long time. But I don't expect you to go out and, uh, and do exactly what I'm doing because you have your own life. I mean, if you happen to want to replicate something that I've done, great. But, um, yeah, I don't expect that. If you're listening to this podcast, you must find something about my perspective worthwhile. And I very much thank you for that. Um, I hope that I'm not up on my high horse about this, uh, but I really don't think that it's limiting to use fancy tools. Um, in fact, before Zach Herberholtz, ZH Fabrications, put videos of his uh, engraving vice, or his jeweler's vice, on his Instagram story. I didn't know that that existed, and uh, it was really cool to see a more sophisticated piece of equipment being used for something that I previously thought had to be accomplished entirely, you know, manually with a, I don't know, normal vice, I guess. Maybe that's a research failure on my part but it was nifty and eye-opening to see something used that I definitely am probably not going to buy. <laughs> um, I do think it's great to use a variety of, of uh, different things uh, to certainly help people learn how to use those things, like um, table saw versus a track saw. Like Personally, I've never used a track saw. I've used a circular saw, but, uh, you know, People come from all kinds of walks of life, and uh, I don't think they're going to stop watching a certain person um, just because that person isn't using a tool that, that they own. As I wrap this up, I would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on, um, on the people who inspire you. And I am curious to know if you are turned off by uh, their use of, of creative elements or tools or methods uh, that you don't have access to and how those things might factor into your perception of those people. And if you have an opinion that you would like to contribute, uh, there is a link. I'll put a link in the episode description to leave a message. Actually, most episode descriptions have that. And uh, just let me know if you're okay with me adding your voice to a future episode, or if I should just paraphrase your answer. Uh, Or you can message me on Instagram or or email me, B-E-R-N-B-U-I-L-T, at gmail.com. Okay, this has been episode five of Burn Built Made. Thanks for listening and for your support and for uh, getting this far with me. I know the first couple episodes were kind of rough. Find me on Instagram or on Patreon or on my website or on Apple or Spotify podcasts. It's all Burn Built. And as always, thank you to Amplitunes for the podcast bumper music. That's it. I'll catch you on the next one.